Get ready to talk sports with Daryl. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver. Daryl knows the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now here's Daryl. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Man, I went to a high school game on Friday, had a really good time. Saw one of the best running backs in the state of Florida. Kid plays for um, um, Pedro Menendez High School. But anyway, after that, I came home on Saturday, watched some really good football, saw some really nice games. However, the one that I was most interested in is the one that was so so most disappointing was to see the um, see the University of Miami um, play the way they played against a, against a team that really in in past history has just been almost like a a, a, a doorstep for the University of Miami. I don't mean if, I, I don't, a, a, a footstep or was something that uh, something that you I, I, I'm not even gonna put them that low, but. Duke has always been just a team that was just a part of our schedule. Matter of fact, we usually, if they played here in Miami, in most cases, um, they were one of those teams we had for homecoming. And as a matter of fact, Saturday uh, was University of Miami's homecoming against um, Duke University. And, man, I mean, it's just so hard to see uh, see the University of Miami lay an egg uh, against against Duke University. It's just it's 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 laughable, but it it hurts. I mean, it really really hurts to see your team struggle and not play well against Duke. I mean, it's 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 challenging to. Um, to see the University of Miami um, go through these kind of struggles because it just hasn't been that way for a long time. I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, we've gone through some rough stages, but to lose to Virginia and then turn around and lose to Boston College and then we lose to Duke. Come on! Someone, someone told me today. Said, "There, we're just, a, we're just a mediocre team." And I said, "No, because we look at teams like Virginia and Duke as being below mediocre teams. So if they're below mediocre teams and they're beating us, then where does that leave us, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, really, we're in a, we're we're in a situation where we're." We're really, really struggling if 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 Duke is mediocre and they shut us out in the second half. And I mean, and we only scored 12 points against Duke. And I don't care about the weather because the weather uh, affected both teams. And if anyone was prepared to play in the rain, it would have been the University of Miami because, hey, we practice in torrential rains in Miami. That's just a part of what we – sometimes we have to go out and practice in the rain because it's been raining for four days straight. 
and it's got a little slack in it, so we have to go out and do something. So if anyone's uh, prepared for um, prepared for the rain, it seems like it would have been um, the University of Miami, but um, that just just didn't appear to be the case at the Hard Rock Stadium for uh, the University of Miami's homecoming. Um, Malik Rozier threw for 76 yards. Um, Nikasi Perry threw for 35 yards. And these are just not numbers that, you know, you're just not going to be able to, you know, you're not going to be able to put up. You're not going to win when we have a, when we have a combination of quarterbacks that can't uh, throw for 150 yards. It's just, it's just not a good remedy recipe for a victory. You know, and, and we give Travis Homer, um, that's some good yards, to, you know, 12, 18 carries, 133 yards. And and um, DJ Dallas, um, 24 carries, tw- uh, 12 carries, 124 yards. Yeah, we those are some pretty good numbers on the ground. But when, when we start talking about passing efficiency and, and I, I constantly have to almost go back to some of the things that we were talking about um, earlier in our in, in, in shows past is that, you know, we've we've seen the University of Miami um, offense in years past, and I'm talking about the '80s, the '90s, the early 2000s, in the 2000s. You know, these were past dominant teams. We were recreating offenses. We were as explosive as as professional offenses. Our playbooks was as thick as professional offenses, and we used almost we you it was. It was nothing wrong with using every play in the playbook. If you're going to have it in the playbook, you're going to um, put it in your in your game plan. Use it. And I just don't see us using a lot of plays in our playbook. And um, I, I'm, I'm still concerned. Um, I'm still concerned about that. You know, but um, this this team has has a, has a lot of work, a lot of work to do, and. We're gonna see how how it turns out. You know, uh, we're still we still have three more games this season. You know, Georgia Tech is on a schedule, and Georgia Tech is never an easy team with the triple option, and we play them in Georgia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech is on a schedule. Virginia Tech is never an easy game for University of Miami. Miami is. Uh, we've had we've had history with Virginia Tech before we were in the ACC conference, conference. so that's never going to be an easy schedule. And Pittsburgh, you know, I, University of Miami and Pitt go back to the days of Dan Marino. You know, I mean, when Dan Marino played at Pitt, so that that is never going to be an easy easy game. And Miami back in the days, um, you know, we, we laid some laid some victories on. On uh, on pit, so these teams haven't forgotten it, and they play us with the chip on their shoulder, and they all they should, they really should, because it was not long ago that when uh, when we went to Pittsburgh or when Boston College came here, except for that one time Doug Flutie, but um, when Boston College came here, or we went to Boston. It was it was a victory, and in most cases, an easy victory for the University of Miami, but times have changed, and. Maybe these guys haven't looked at the history, and I'm talking about the guys on this team. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they know uh, the good history, but you just don't know some of the things that went down at some of those victories. 
I mean, it it was some it was some victories uh, against Pittsburgh where we we literally may have embarrassed those teams. And um, and trust me, uh, every chance we got after the Boston College game when Doug Flutie threw the hell Mary, Miami tried to put it on them. And so you know, some some people they don't forget these things, and so they play us extra extra hard. Not even not and not that we've been champions of anything. Um, for a long time, but the thought that the University of Miami invented the word swag. The word swagger comes from the University of Miami camp. And when you see everybody throwing up these four fingers at the end of, end of the third quarter, throwing up about the fourth quarter, well, that's a University of Miami thing. And if you go back and look at the tapes from the 80s, no one was doing that except the University of Miami. And Howard Snellenberger said that meant the fourth quarter was ours. And, and, and hey, we played like that, too. We dominated the fourth quarter back in the day. But when we look at this team now, it's some, you know, it's, it's, it's some question marks. You know, uh, we're, we're playing two quarterbacks. I don't know if that's um, good or bad. Uh, Malik Rozier is a senior. That might, that has to be a good thing because, uh, we won't be able to at least play him next year. Not there. He's a, a awful quarterback. I just think it's better off that if we're going to rebuild and look like we're re- rebuilding this program, we got to rebuild with youth. And Malik Rozier is a fifth-year senior. And hey, yeah, it's it's it's. Hey, we still have a lot of work to do at University of Miami. Um, we have not arrived. Um, we're still working. We are a work in progress. And it's still yet to be seen, you know. Um, it's yet to be seen. Hey, we got Reggie on the line. Reggie, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, Darren? Hey, man, you know, I'm loving this life I got. I'm a little disappointed, you know, that, that the University of Miami um, didn't pull out a victory against Duke for our homecoming. You know, that's, that's kind of like a real slap in the face when you don't win homecoming, you know. Um, but um, this this team is rebuilding, Reggie, and um, we thought we had accomplished something last year when we, when, we, when we won 10 games in a row, and we did. That was a big accomplishment. And I don't know whether it was um, fool's goal or whether the competition that we were playing was just mediocre and we just didn't really, didn't, we didn't know what we were getting into. Well, I don't know what's happening here, but there's something going on down there in Miami. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, I, I don't even get angry anymore because after watching the previous games before the Duke game, you know, I realized we, we're not working with a whole lot. We got to get that offense some kind of way. We got to, we got to score points, man. You can't, you can't, uh, how you expect to beat a team like Duke, which is not even, uh, a ranked team, uh, and, and and put up twelve points. I mean, I know the conditions were bad, but both teams got to play on the same field. So, and then not only that, you go back the week before and put up many points against Virginia. So, uh, we're struggling offense, and some kind of way they're gonna have to try to open up that offense because we're too predictable in the in the plays that we run. You know, um, the the quarterback gets in the shotgun. Uh, claps his hand, and the running back moves to either the left or the right, and you know what's coming. 
you know, what's coming. So they're going to have to do something. I, and I, me personally, this is just a personal opinion. I think uh, Coach Rick going to have to uh, try to get an offensive coordinator and let the offensive coordinator spend all his time drawing up plays and uh, trying to attack uh, opponents' defense. Because when you are, to me, I've never coached, but when you're a head coach, you got to spend your time focusing on a lot lot of other things other than just, uh, you know, uh, uh, drawing up plays. You know, you have too many other things that you need to worry about. And as a coordinator, uh, I think you can spend most of your time. And to give you an example of what I'm talking about, I, I think about Coach Shannon, Randy Shannon. You know, Coach Shannon is a strict, uh, he's a defensive coordinator. And you know, once he, when he's in that position as a coordinator, he, he, he does a wonderful job. He has an excellent record as a coordinator. Now, you take that away and you worry about the, 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 the defense. You, you have a lot of other things that you have to worry about and you can't, you can't, uh, primarily focus, you can't focus primarily on what, what your, 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 your job is and that's to coordinate. You know, so I agree with person. you. I agree with you, Reggie. And um, you know, um, I, and and when you start talking about um, opening the offense up, you know, I sound like a broken record all the time. Being a former running back, if if you're a good running back, you really, really want to see the field. And I just don't think we have our. We just don't use enough formations to give our running backs a chance. And even though both our running backs ran for over over a hundred yards on on Saturday, you know, um, it, it just didn't seem like it was enough. You know, I don't know. It just didn't it, seem like it, it wasn't was enough. enough. It wasn't enough. You know, it wasn't enough. And uh, and you you have to have a. You have to have a balanced attack, you know. I yeah. mean, to be a championship team, you have, you if you can't if you one dimensional, teams are gonna eventually shut that down. Yeah, that's you that's know, true. Uh, so yeah, I, I just I don't know. I just got a lot of hope. I still got hope in the Canes, you know. Um, and hope that they can get things turned around because it's real. You know, it's gotten to the point for me to where when we Start losing the teams and can't put up points against a team like Duke. Then it's, it's yeah. I started to turn. Uh, to be honest, I, I I started to turn to another game because I was oh, so man. frustrated and aggravated <laughs> to where you know it's just yeah. It's just it's, it's you know ridiculous knowing that it is this type of university that we love to win. I mean, all universities want to win, but especially Miami, you know, because of the brotherhood, the fan base. We just just you know, it's just you know, I, I I'm lost for words to be honest. Yeah. And hey, well, Reggie, I think that's the first that's the first for you, man. I've known you for a long time. I've never known you to be lost for words too many times. But hey, man, I I really think we have such a corral of talent down south that I I think mm-hmm. that um, with the right pieces, I think we're going to overcome a lot of the things that we're going through right now. And I think that might be just something as simple as um, as as a, as a couple people people hired. You know, I think maybe we just might be missing a couple pieces. Maybe an offense coordinator. Um, I don't know. I don't. Maybe someone moved from within. I don't know. But uh, I know. I think Mark Rick has to see that he needs to make some adjustments. And uh, it's just a matter of time before uh, 
he make these adjustments. I think. I hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna all mm-hmm. we're gonna all be happy again. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm gonna tell you, um, just looking at Coach Rick, you know, and I like Coach Rick a lot. Uh, you know, I think he you know, people he had done so well uh, last season that people the expectations were so high and when it didn't um, pan out the way we had hoped it hoped it would pan out. Now people are kind of, you know, looking down, but, but I, I still got some hope, you know. That's I still right. got a lot of hope that, that things can be turned around. Um, you know, and the scariest thing for me, too, that uh, something that, that runs through my mind when I look at these elite players, the ones who are standing out, you know, these guys like uh, DJ Dallas, um, uh, the boy, the Thomas, the receiver Thomas, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm hoping these guys don't get frustrated and want to transfer, you know? Nah, I, don't. I hope because not, Reggie. Really, really. You know, because we, we need these guys. These are young guys. They still got the, I like to, uh, I think Thomas has about another year or two. DJ Dallas, same, same thing. And I just hope that these guys are, you know, are able to handle it and, and not want to you know, take off and leave because they're not, they're not winning in the expectation. But like you said, I hope uh, Coach Rick can figure it out and uh, and make some changes, and then we can we can be back on the on the ball in the top five, top ten, you know, top ten, top five. Hey, hey, hey Reggie, we're going to ask for them. Let's go all the way, man. Let's go for number one. Hey, Reggie, man, thanks yeah. for calling. Don't be a stranger, man. We're here every Monday night from 8 to 9 p.m. on voiceamerica.com, Sports Info UM. We appreciate it. Hey, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we get back on the other side, we got Toba Bain giving us a little info, a little 411 of what's really going on in Miami, Florida with the Miami Hurricanes. We'll be right back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. TRN. 
You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. Call him today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send an email to sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, we're thanking Reggie Sutton for coming on the show. Reggie's a, a former hurricane and... Played in the NFL for a while too, but uh, we, now we got um, Tobit on the line. Tobit, what's going on, man? Frustration. <laughs> oh, hey, Tobit, you know you, you're not you're not alone in that category. And uh, one of the things that frustrates me with Miami right about now is that as much as we talk about fan base and how much our fans are doing this year. And last year, our fans have been almost like make you feel like you're in the Orange Bowl 10 or 10 or 15 years ago for a big game. I mean, these fans have really been coming out to see the Hurricanes play, supporting this team like they did back in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. And it's just kind of frustrating to see people not getting what they want from the Canes and what they come to expect from the Canes in years past. And um, we have a lot of work to do. We really do. Yeah, no no doubt. I think what happened was first year you had nine wins, last year you had ten. The last year team had a, at least three games that we probably shouldn't have won. Yeah. So with the winning of the ten games, everybody's expectations very high, which I think they should have been. Only thing, and some of the things that I'm hearing is people just feel like coach needs a coordinator. I don't know. I watch football. I, you have a better understanding. I just don't think that offense is quarterback friendly because when we played that offense you played in that Miami, it was always somebody on every level. And watch Kansas City. You watch the Patriots. You watch the Rams. It's always guys on three levels, flats, intermediate, deep, crossing, different things. I don't see that in this offense. I don't see it. It's too vanilla. When I played, when we played at Miami, Arlie, we killed people that had a vanilla-ass offense like we are Killed them. We killed them <laughs> because it's too easy to defend because when they line up in this, they're going to do that. That's we used to lick our chops. And that clapping of the hands, they could throw, take, and stick that wherever. Because if you're deep, do you know what Jerome, Kevin Sagan, Stubbs, did to people, Darren, um, they married them when yeah. they know the snap count? It's almost like you know when they're going to hike the ball. Sometimes with a teed off, that we helping people. The offense is too vanilla. There's no imagination in it. I couldn't agree with you more, Toba. And and um, we really don't have a chance to showcase the talent. We have so much talent on that offense that we really don't have a chance to showcase. These kids are not really dim- displaying the talent that they have because – we're not doing what you're saying. We're not. We're not flooding any areas where we're running in the flats. We're running an intermediate route. We're running a crossing route. We're running a takeoff. We're running a post on the backside. You just don't see these things in this offense. And I think I think that's that that will come with an offensive coordinator. And 
I just no, really, I think, really. I think, Ali, I think we need to scrap that offense. He coaches need to go sit down with Andy Reid, get some players from him. Kansas City gets that ball to their playmakers. Think about it. And think about it. 27. They get that ball. Sammy Watkins get the ball. They get that ball around. The Rams spread that ball around. They have playmakers. We have them, like you're saying. Four. Nobody knows Jeff Thomas one of the most explosive players in the country because we don't we don't get it. we don't get him the ball the way he can show nothing. We don't throw we we never throw him a three yard route and let him gain the fifteen or twelve or score a touchdown. You understand what I'm saying? We don't. It's no quick route. Quick route. Get the ball to him right now. You know, it's it's nothing like a quick option route. It's I, you know, and I agree. This this young man, we got to find ways to get the ball in his hand. Just by himself, at least seven or eight times a game. Yeah, so I. We have to also figure out how to help our offensive line out. They're not ready. But we have to find ways to take some of the pressure off of them. And we keep saying the kids not executing. That's, that's right to a certain extent. But we need to put them in better position to execute. That's how I yeah. feel. You know, and I ain't got to be here. right, but that's how I feel. You know, I've been hearing this little these little stories sometime that um, Nikasi Perry is not as smart as uh, um, Malik Rozier, so they don't open the offense up when Perry's in the game. And that's a bunch of crap because they run the same plays when Perry's in the game as they do when Rozier's in the game. The game, the, the offense is not more sophisticated when Malik is in the game than when uh, Nikasi's in the game. It's the same the Tell me how the hell that vanilla-ass offense is sophisticated. Yes! Please! Please somebody tell me. No, it, it, it is... When I've been, I've been watching Rozier for a year and a half, he can't throw the deep ball. He's horrible throwing the deep ball. And people can say what they want. I think when I watched Nikasi Perry throw the ball, except for that one series after he had been yo-yoed and went back in in the fourth quarter, that's the worst I've seen him play. But he throws the ball where our receivers have a chance to catch the ball. The early in the game, whether it was play two in the first quarter, where Roger had the guy running wide open and missed him, you can't miss them people, man. You can't miss them. No, you can't. You, Bernie, you can't miss Bernie, them. Bernie, Vinny, Jim Kelly, Steve Walsh. Uh, uh, Ken Dorsey, they did not miss people when they had receivers running wide open. Craig Erickson, you can't miss them. You can't. You can't so you miss them wide open. You don't get 20 of those plays a game. When you get yeah. them, the one to three, you got to make the throw. We got to make the throws. Yes. And, and we and, and, and I saw the we, thing, we, I saw the thing with Pryor was talking about on his little um, Instagram then I seen Dion speak on it. And they, I think both of them are right. We don't have enough dogs no more. On Florida, Florida State of Miami, we don't, they leaving. Because the ones we get, we picking the wrong one. Because uh, we getting caught up with them doggone stars. That star misses. Who, tell me this, who the hell is the people that get these stars out? <laughs> well, you know, Toby, they used to call them blue chips. And blue chippers, 
you know, and it was it was it was like an honor to be in the blue chip. And then they realized that everybody couldn't blue be in the blue chip, so they started giving people stars, one star, two stars, and it really, and like in some cases, you know, you could have a a four star, but the talent that you're playing against is like one A or two A in classification in the state of Florida. So you can have all these stars behind your name, but if you're not going out there playing against competition every week, you don't you don't really deserve these stars. So we probably have a lot of these people getting these stars, man, that are not deserving. And you know, Coach Nellenberger was the first person to say he didn't care nothing about no stars. He wanted players. You know, he, that's who he wanted on his team. He wanted players. And I think we we resulted in a lot of these stars now. And, we still got some work to do right, trying to I'm get around I'm these stuff. I'm going to ask you one more time. Who the hell are these so-called <laughs> gurus who give out the stars? I guess what, you know what star would have been coming out? A two-star. A two-star. Four years started in mind. Four years started in mind that we lost a total of eight games my four years for playing, and we lost five and one year my first year starting on the field. That's when we was transitioning from Howard to Jimmy. To Jimmy. Yeah. So don't tell me about no stars, because stars can't measure what's in that shirt pocket. Boy, that's I heard Randall. I heard Randall talking on 560 the other day. Randall Hill and Randall said, and you know this yourself, Ollie, we had teams that were full of kids, guys, men, young men that become men, that refused to lose. We was going to play for the 60 minutes. Yeah, we had games, with, but we wasn't going to let no goddamn do Are you serious? <laughs> hey, Tobin, how about this? Do you remember the game? I think it was 1984 when we beat the Gators. And my parents told me this. I didn't see it. But we beat the Gators, and we scored two touchdowns in 32 seconds. We were down. Yep. We were down. We got the ball with 32 seconds <laughs> and went down and scored a touchdown. We were down, Murray I think, three points. Fade. We went down Murray and scored a touchdown. To Eddie Brown. Eddie Brown threw a fade in the corner. Cozart and Eddie Brown in the corner for a touchdown. And uh, I'll never forget, I ran over the kickoff on that. And I caught a pass on that drive. I might have caught one or two passes on that drive and stepped out of bounds on both of them. But right. we stopped the clock. We ended up scoring a touchdown. They thought we was going to kick a field goal. We ended up scoring a touchdown. And in, then when then when we kicked the ball off to them, they threw a pass and you caught an interception and ran it for a touchdown. With 32 seconds, we scored two touchdowns. Now, if that don't say a lot for the teams that we played on... Man, we was gonna go. I just, to me, I, I, the kids are there. I watch them practice. They be upbeat. They compete. They just, I don't. What's up, baby? All right. All right. They, they compete in everything. They compete in everything. I don't know what's going on. We, it's, it's a mystery. But I know that offense. We got to do something. We got it's hey. not quarterback friendly. I'm telling you. Think about it. Watch the game. Oh, it's not quarterback friendly, it, and it doesn't expose the talent that we have on that team, man. That's that bothers me the most is that we don't get the ball to enough people on that team, and we we really should be exposing a lot of the talent that we have on that team. Uh, hey, babe, we're gonna let you get out of here, man. We appreciate it. Okay. Don't be a stranger. We're here every Monday night. Sports info, you and Voice America.com.
All right. All right. Thanks, Ali. Appreciate you. Thanks. Hey, that was Toby Bain checking in and voicing his opinion. And, hey, you know, University of Miami put a whooping on Savannah State, 77-0. We lost to LSU 33-17. We lost to um, uh, uh, um, no, we beat North Carolina, which we, we, we thought we were kind of on a roll there, uh, 47-10. And, and Miami lost to – oh, no, after that, we beat Florida State 28-27. I was at the game. I was at the SAU, FIU game when we won that one, 31-17. But when we started losing to Virginia, Boston College, Duke – Come on, these these are games that you just don't think that uh just don't think that you should be able you should be losing these kind of games and and Miami just has not had a history of losing games like that. But this week it's even tougher because um you know Georgia Tech I would I would imagine is a little bit tougher um than Duke. You know, hopefully the weather will be a little bit nicer. Um the game is gonna be played in Georgia. Um, after that, we play Virginia Tech in Virginia. That should be pretty interesting as well. So that's going to be interesting. Um, our final game is at home against Pittsburgh, and you just never know how that game is going to go. That Pittsburgh game is always just really, really interesting. Um, they play us hard. They've always played us hard. Uh, in most cases, we've come out victorious against Pittsburgh, but they've always um, played us really, really hard. You know, um, over the weekend, there were some really good games, though, not not to keep on harping on that University of Miami game. But um, um, the um, the Georgia and Kentucky game, I thought that was going to be a little bit more entertaining. Kentucky beat that. Kentucky lost to Georgia. Um, 34-17. The Oklahoma-Texas Tech game was pretty interesting. Um, Oklahoma won uh, 51-46. And um, this is just unbelievable to me. Um, Nebraska's really, really struggling. And here it is. Ohio State is a 10th-ranked team, and they were really, you know, expected to just blow Nebraska out. Well, they won 36-31. The um, Florida Gators are, are really in a struggle this year. Um, they've lost three games, and they lost to Missouri um, 38-17. The Texas and West Virginia game was interesting. Um, West Virginia won 42-41. And um, I guess <laughs> the one game that uh, bears a little interest to the University of Miami fans would be the um, the Boston College Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech is struggling this year. They have a four four record. Uh, Miami plays them in two weeks, and uh, Boston College beat them thirty one twenty one. And man, I, <laughs> you know Boston College has already beat the Hurricanes, and if we lose to um, um, Virginia Tech, who um, lost to Boston College, ah. Uh, it's really going to be a struggle. But let's get on to a little bit of what's really going on in the NFL. You know, um, you know, 
this week, I guess probably the game of the week in the NFL would have had to been the um, the uh, the New Orleans Saints um, playing. And I tell you, man, when we when we think about New Orleans Saints, it's always Drew Brees. But the New Orleans Saints were um, playing the Rams yesterday, and Drew Brees did what Drew Brees always does. He he is a performer. I mean, sometimes when you go to a concert, you expect a performance. And Drew Brees is one of those guys, when you when you see him play, whether it's on television, whether it's in person, you expect a performance. And he's one of those guys that very, very rarely uh, lets you down. And um, yesterday was no different. Um, 25 or 36, 346 yards, four TDs, no interceptions. And hey, and Jared Goff, who's who's turned into be a really good quarterback in this league for the Rams, um, twenty-eight of forty, three hundred and ninety-one yards, three TDs, and one interception. Well, Drew Brees pulled out the victory, um, forty-five to thirty-five. Yeah, but I guess that is um, that is that is not the biggest story that came out of this out of this game. Is um, the story that came out of the game is this dude Michael Thomas scored a touchdown in the game and he pulled an old Joe Horn. And Joe Horn, if you can remember correctly, in the 2000s, Joe Horn pulled out a cell phone um, in the New Orleans Superdome and act like he was making a phone call. Well, Michael Thomas pulled out, and back back then they only had flip phones. That was the most popular phone. And and to, and on Sunday, Michael Thomas. Pulled out his flip phone in, I guess, reference to uh, praying, playing, um, paying reverence to um, to uh, Joe Horn and his doing it for the Saints back in the day. He pulled out a flip phone. Well, you know, I and and I guess this dude Michael Thomas, you know, he wants to, um, from what from what I understand, uh, he says he wants to be recognized. Well, I I understand that, man, but you don't have to do things like that to to get recognition. You know, I understand he's one of the leading receivers in the in the league, uh, but you just don't have to do crazy things like that to um uh, to uh, to get recognized. It just don't make sense. And Joe Joe Horn, when Joe Horn did it, it was cool. Flip phone was a big thing. And now we have Android phones and iPhones and, you know, some people have earplugs out of phones now. We don't need the, the antics of a flip phone. If you're going to do something, you should have pulled out a doggone, um, pull out an Android phone or iPhone or, I don't know, pull out one of those phones from the 80s that look like a small refrigerator put up to your ear. Hey, guys, we'll be back after these messages with more sports information. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. Call him today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send an email to sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, um, last Thursday night, the uh, Oakland Raiders lost to the 49ers. You know, um, the Oakland Raiders are getting ready to move to uh, Vegas, Las Vegas, and that's that's going to be a real experiment to see how that works out with an NFL team in Las Vegas. Well, the Oakland Raiders, you know, they got rid of Khalid Mack. Um, they just got rid of um, their number one receiver to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it, it's just it's just interesting to see what's going to happen with the Oakland Raiders, and I and I say that um, because. This team is 1-7, 0-4 in the division. They're not going anywhere close to the playoffs this year. And has, has Jay Gruden, has um, John Gruden lost it? Will he ever re- be able to recapture that magic that some people thought he had when he was in Oakland the last time, took them to, uh, took them to the playoffs and did some things out there, um, won a Super Bowl in Tampa, uh, are we gonna are we are we gonna see that kind of a of a fiery John Gruden or we or has he lost it? I mean, because you know some of these guys put in so much time into this football. I mean, these guys literally live in their offices, and you got to think about it now. John Gruden has been living on the road, eating fancy lunches. 
uh, having brunch with special people and just, you know, traveling from here to there, Sunday and Monday, Saturday and Sunday, he's studying, doing some prep for the game. But Monday, but after the game on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he just pretty much did what he wanted to do. So I don't think John Gruden has what it takes to come back to football after being away for about 10 years and think he's just going to turn, put in the key and turn the switch and everything's going to go. I just don't see this happening. I really see John Gruden being burnt out of football. Probably you'll see it next year. And we probably, he's, he's holding it in this year. He doesn't want to be there. And he, it, it took him a while, but he realized now that this is not something that he wants. He's bit off more than he could chew. And I think by the by midway through next season, when his record is about the same as it is now, one and seven, and he's not gonna he's not gonna want anymore. He'd probably be saying, "No moss, no moss. What do I turn in some of this money? Because I don't want to do this anymore." But I, that's just my two cents on John Gruden. But I tell you this. Uh, Andy Reid, he looked like he he is really enjoying his job. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, the hapless Cleveland Browns, uh, 37-21. And hey, Andy Reid and um, and his and his young quarterback, I tell you, they are really doing some things. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are are a combination that's that's really out there. You know, and we had a call to talk about it earlier, um, um, Tober. He was talking about how uh, uh, Mahomes just flashes the ball around. And when you look at it, um, um, they had, um, I think it was six guys rushed the ball for Kansas City on yesterday. And two, four, six, eight guys caught passes. Eight different guys caught passes from Mahomes. So... You know, that's, that says a lot uh, f- uh, for this young man. And he's really spreading the ball around the field. Uh, and, and and Andy Reid has a lot of athletes to spread the ball to, too. You know, Sammy Watkins, Kareem Hunt. Um, those are just a few of all the athletes. Uh, Travis Kelsey, probably the best tight end in the game now, now that Gronkowski's not playing. Well, he's only playing. He's not playing for a minute. Gronk probably going to be back no time soon. They probably saving Gronk for the playoffs. But anyway, while we while we um while we're talking about the 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 New England Patriots, you know, last night a lot of people were very excited watching the um watching the game against the New England Patriots and the and the um and the um the Packers cuz at halftime at, um, at one point in the third quarter, the score was 17-17. And a lot of people was very excited. And the game was, and I'm telling you, at the, um, um, at the end of the third quarter, the score was 17-17. And I was enjoying the game. Um, thought it was a very good game. But if you, if you did not see the game and you just saw the score... And you say, oh, my goodness, they blew him out, 31-17. Well, uh, at one point in the, in, the, um, in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, the, Cleveland, the, um, the um, Packers fumbled the ball uh, 
on a drive going in. And the uh, Patriots took that turnover and did what the Patriots do. You just can't make mistakes against great teams. Now, you can make some mistakes against mediocre teams, but you can't make mistakes against teams that know how to win, want to win, put put everything on the line to win. Just can't make mistakes on teams like that. And um, they, they took it down and scored a touchdown. Next drive, New England has the ball. After a um, at the um, Packers punt, Julia Edelman throws a pass. Um, um, Julia Edelman throws throws a pass uh, to um, uh, one of the running backs. I can't think of who it was right now. Oh, it was um, it was James White, and. <laughs> It was a beautifully set up play where Julian Edelman looked downfield like he wants to throw it downfield. And he throws the ball back across the field to the other side for a screen, a screen play where James White literally runs to the end zone, runs to the one yard line. From there, he takes it in for a touchdown. And um, that was a two touch. That was the two touchdowns that New England scored in the fourth quarter to make this game really appear as though it was a blowout. In reality, it was a close game going into the fourth quarter. But looking at the score, you would have never known that. And um, the New England Patriots, um, you know, some some could say right now, it's the New England Patriots against everybody else in the field. And um, I'd probably take the Patriots right now. Uh, I don't, you know... <laughs> I, I think I would take the Patriots right now against everybody else in the field. Don't get me wrong, Drew Brees is playing some very good football right now, and uh, and and hey, um, the San Diego Chargers are, are playing some some very good football right now. They're six and two, but at the top of the heap, it could only be one, and if it's only going to be one, I'd have to put my money on the. Um, New England Patriots. You know, the, the, um, the Texans beat the Broncos 19-17. And Deshaun Watson and the Texans have really, um, they've, they've been impressive. I mean, you know, they're not, they're not over-the-top impressive. But uh, Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans have been pretty impressive. And I say their record is 6-3. and Look like they could be on their way to the playoffs. And um, Deshaun Watson has been pretty beat up pretty much the whole season. So we may have we may have not seen the best of him yet. He doesn't run the ball as much as he used to, which is probably a good thing. Um, but um, the uh, the Denver Broncos seem to be on taking another taking a step in the wrong direction. And um and I, I'm really thinking that um, – I think his name is Vance Jackson, but uh, the Denver Broncos coach is going to be out of gas pretty soon. Um, it's just, you know, he's his, he didn't have – his season was not so well uh, last year. And um, it don't look like it's going so well this year either. So uh, and Vance Joseph is his name. Um, so <laughs> uh, so I don't. I don't I, it doesn't surprise me. And uh, uh, 
it's a lot of people still um, calling for them to fire him. So don't be surprised if Vance Joseph is probably on the hit list. I'm not so sure he's going to make it through the month of November. Um, the Denver Broncos coach, Vance Joseph, uh, I think his record is 3-6 um, and six this year, and that's just, that's just not enough to, um, to take you where the NFL wants you to go. And this NFL, man, they are all about winning. We've lost one coach this year, but don't be surprised if, um, if Vance Joseph is the next person on the list to, um, to take that cave in. And, hey, you know, let's, let's be real. If you don't win, you, you lose. And most of the time, head coaches end up losing um, their job. You know, um, you know, the Minnesota Vikings beat the Lions um, 24 to 9. And um, I guess, you know, when, 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 when the Detroit Lions got rid of their best receiver in Tate, uh, you just wonder what, are they, what were they thinking? Where, where are the points going to come from? You know, sometimes you'll see some teams, they'll get rid of a, of a um, number one receiver, but they have some serious backups or someone in, someone in the shadow that they wanted to be, uh, be a front runner. So they get rid of a star just as, and because they've seen a lot of great things from this person in practice. And, uh, well, we, we've seen just the opposite happen too, where the Dallas Cowboys, they got rid of Dez Bryant, but they didn't appear to have anything waiting in a win to, uh, take over Dez Bryant's, uh, position. But yesterday, the Atlanta Falcons, who were underdog against the Washington Redskins, won uh, 38-14, and Julio Jones, probably the number one receiver in the NFL, scored his very first touchdown of the season. I think it's a shame, but hey, I'm happy for Julio. I have him on my fantasy team. Anyway, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, Pittsburgh Steelers, it wasn't long ago, and I was one of these people. It wasn't long ago, I was calling for um, Tomlin's head, the head coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was calling for them to fire him. And I really thought that they was they were going to fire him. But Pittsburgh is 5-2, five 5-2-1. Two, five, two they have that one tie against the um, Cleveland Browns. That should be held against you just having a tie against the Cleveland Browns. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are hanging in there and look like, you know, they have a shot at, at making the playoffs. Well, you know, the Ravens came into this season as one of the number one teams and at a four and five record with two ties, uh, no, a four and five record and a two and two in the division. Uh, that's going to be, you know, very interesting to see how that works out. And Joe Flacco, man, he really appears to be struggling. And Joe Flacco is is one of those guys that came into the league. Not he didn't come into the league like um, <laughs> uh, like a. a a super big-time name-brand quarterback. You know, Joe Flacco was a transfer from Michigan to uh, Miami of Ohio, I think. And But he's had a very good career. He's taken a lot of hits. And he had some injuries, made a lot of money. I don't see Joe Flacco having anything to be feeling sorry for. And if this is the last that we've seen of Joe Flacco, don't believe it. 
because these guys have to be pushed off the field. None of them walk away from the game. Nobody walks away from a half a million dollars a year or $2 million a year or $750,000 a year just to stand on the sideline and maybe go in the game every once in a while. Hey, guys, we'll be back next week with more sports information on voiceamerica.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more sports info UM. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.